Hey, how are you? Good, good. Good. How, how's the audio on that side? I always got to check with my, my uh, interviews. Good. It's uh, coming in great. I got you on, I guess, speakerphone. Um, or maybe I have it the way I should have it. But, yeah, I'm just uh, <laughs> talking to the This is pretty new for me. So uh, Great. But, uh, yeah, we're pretty slick. I just uh, – my daughter downloaded the Anchor app last week, and, and uh, once it popped up, I clicked on it, and, and here I am. That's great. Yeah, we try to make it kind of user friendly, um, but we got Scott Perseth here with me, joining me on the podcast. And, and Scott, I really try to try to really contact as many high school coaches around the country that have a unique perspective on the game. And your name was mentioned um, from a, from another um, guest I had, and it's just a joy to have you on. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, it's not it's not much of a chore for me to to go on and on about basketball or talk basketball or, or anything like that. So it's something I really enjoy. That's for sure. That's great. Well, I just got to tell you, I just finished with my fifth grader. So if I'm yelling at you, then you'll probably know why. <laughs> yeah, my, my voice is a little shot too. And, and uh, um, I don't yell a whole lot. I just been in the gym the last two nights and, and uh, I kind of ran things the whole time for those, for those, you know, four hours per se, cause I'm not able to be there a lot. So, you know, we played a lot of defense for four hours and, and put in a primary and a secondary break. And, and, uh, I brought some freshman boys in a couple of freshmen, a couple of sophomores, uh, to go against that. Uh, and the, the, the defense they play is, can be very, very difficult. And sometimes chewing up the bottom kids just doesn't help us a whole lot. So uh, sure, we need to bring in some boys. that are going to push us a little bit and, and and give us some different looks and of course they're they're pretty athletic so that's kind of nice too that's that's great and i'm really going to pick your brain and so forth and i appreciate you taking the time to come on hey um you seem to grow up around the game of basketball tell us how you got started in the game of basketball and how you got to the point where you are now yeah i guess uh um you know, my father was an AD and a, and a great athlete at Stanley High School and ended up being in the Hall of Fame at, at, at UW-Eau Claire. So, you know, my mom was very athletic also, even though she's in her 70s. So, you know, back to her era in high school, there really wasn't an outlet for, for females as far as organization. It was rec or whatever it happened to be. And, and so I've watched that, the growth of that, because um, basketball truly has only been around about 50, 60 years at the high school level as far as organizing. Um, so I played it all. Um, and then my dad got me to coach, you know, as an AD when I was going to school, if, if he needed somebody and, uh, I developed a real close relationship with the, the high school coach at Fall Creek, who's kind of a legend in our, in our state. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's a short list of guys that were kind of pioneers and Arnie Screwfoot at Fall Creek was probably one of them along with John Pollock at Durand and, and uh, um, some others. And uh, so the, that's kind of where it was. And, you know, so I coached where he kind of needed me. And uh, I did a lot of scouting, though, too, once playoffs would hit. Um, then I was on the road a lot and uh, um, trying to help coach Screwcoot as far as finding, you know, a particular team that we knew we'd have to get over the hump to to, to get to state. And then it just kind of went from there you know, Bloomer, various levels, you know, I coached both my daughters from third all the way through, um, started, built two youth programs, uh, one at Chippewa Cardinal Flight, one at Bloomer Momentum, 
And uh, once my daughter hit high school, she was a three-year player, a three-sport player, started as a freshman in all three. Um, and so I was able to watch her a lot, and that's really what I wanted to do. And she just graduated last year. So um, my involvement's been just with two high school teams kind of on a as much I can do basis because I was always watching her. And uh, so I will – I'll be with boys starting next week at at, a, at another school for a bulk of the year. Um, I'll be able to watch the Arcadia girls on huddle all their games and, and uh, you know, watch their buzz and really fine tune that. They played at a pretty elite level, and it's a pretty, you know, it, it takes some time to get good at it, that's for sure. Yeah, and you also mentioned before about, just from, just from reading about you and so forth, um, you mentioned Dick Bennett and Bo Ryan sure. probably – Yes. Yep. Yeah. So in our state here, uh, we've been very blessed. You, you'd have, you'd be hard pressed to find a coach of either gender that it's not influenced by either of those two guys. I went to UW sure. Claire and actually Ken Anderson was offered that Wisconsin job probably first before either of those guys, Anderson turned it down. Uh, and then Dick took it, uh, a UW Stevens point coach D three, uh, coach with Terry Porter, who played in the NBA, obviously, and uh, and then from uh, then from Dick, it went from Bo, and Bo was at UW Platteville again, Division Three, uh, down in our part of the state, and obviously the guy now was a Platteville guy, also a great guard. So, but the state, the state, uh, it, it's always produced a lot of a lot of good kids. It's really getting to the point in the last probably ten years um, where there's a lot of elite level kids, the Hauser brothers, the Ellenson brothers. The Johnson kid, who's the you know the top recruit at Duke, you know the Davis brothers who are coming to Wisconsin. So it, it's it's you know they're starting to produce really elite kids, and and uh, but all of us are probably impacted by Dick to a certain degree on how we approach the game in terms of fundamentally sound, uh, grinding a little bit, and, and things like that. And Bowl was that way too. Yeah, no doubt. And I have a friend, Steve Collins. You might know Steve. He actually coaches boys. Madison um, Memorial, maybe? Yeah, Madison Memorial. Yes, sir. Actually, I run a clinic every year uh, up here, um, and he loves to come out here to the lake. I'm on, I'm at Lake Oconee, so okay. I run a big clinic out here, and he comes all the way from Wisconsin. Sure. But I know he's got a great program um, yeah, in Milwaukee. He, yeah, he's, uh, you know, Wesley Matthews, Jr., uh, mm-hmm. West Matthews Sr. played at Wisconsin. West Matthews Jr. played for Crean and a real good friend of mine, Jason Rabin, who was director of basketball operations at the time. And I think Christopherson was there, Nankovich, who ended up playing at Wisconsin. Good friend of mine, very close. I'm close to him, and your buddy will know him too, is Jeff Poos at Sun Prairie. Uh, they're both coaching that conference, which is a very, I think it's a Capital Eight or Big Eight or something like that. And that's a really tough D1 conference. But he yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Wisconsin basketball is great. I have a lot of respect. And I, you guys always run a big-time clinic out there. I, somehow I get videos of your clinic. Um, so basketball is important out there in Wisconsin, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. It's just sports in general. We're very fortunate. You know, you got you got three pro franchises that, that are pretty good. And, and obviously Wisconsin's had a pretty nice run in a lot of sports that they compete in. And even Green Bay. Um you know, a lot of this buzz comes from Green Bay, actually, where Mike was and Bullen was. And, you know, they played it exclusively over there. And and uh, obviously Green Bay was very good. Um, and, of course, that's where Tony Bennett ended up. And Dick Dick was there. You know, I think he went from Point to Green Bay to Wisconsin. 
Of course, when Dick, Dick was at Green Bay, they were no fun to play either at all for being a mid-major. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us about Mike DeVille. I just think he's a – I had him on – you know, I interviewed Mike, and I always had a lot of respect for him simply because I think he's a great teacher of the game. Um, start talking about, you know, Mike and his influence on you, but also on how do you – why is the buzz defense so important to you? And I really want you to kind of teach us how to run the buzz. And I, we run it ourselves here, and we just started running it. But kind of tell us a little bit about Mike and the relationship you have with him and how the buzz got created. Sure. Well, you know, I, I don't know if he's the architect behind it. He sure seems to be. Um, <laughs> he, he played it when he was the D1 uh, coach on, the, I think, in the western part of the United States. And, and uh, I think he's a Winona State grad, which is, you know, two hours or two and a half hours from where I'm at right here. Um, and I don't know where he got hooked up with Bullet because then they were both at Green Bay where they, they played it pretty exclusively there. Um, and, uh, you know, the kids that play it, um, you know, love it. You know, I coached Arcadia Gears this summer and we, we faced an elite team this summer that I knew we were going to see twice. And even when I told the girls, I said, we're going to man them this game. And, and when we see them later on in the summer, we'll buzz them. And, you know, just the disappointment on their face. Uh, of not and, and you you got to be careful about them falling too too in love with it because you know there's not a lot of restrictions you know you want them moving quickly really without thinking you want them communicating obviously but you know if you're playing man um, how are you set handling screens you know are you hedging hedging hard are you trapping are you going under are you chasing over the top you know there's so much of that sort of stuff that goes in there and obviously probably a lot of scouting too. Um, you know, with the buzz, you're, you're certainly aware uh, of certain players on the floor that can really shoot and they can extend you to maybe 22 or 23 feet that uh, um, you got to be aware of. But uh, um, there's a little bit more, you know, freedom, you know, and it, it, it does take time. I mean, when, when, my, when we played it, um, you know, we had to get torn up a little bit occasionally, and we did early. And, and we had to get better. I mean, you can watch the disc and things like that and learn how to play it. But then it's how do we win at it? You know what I mean? It's like playing cards or anything else. You know, you, playing the game is one thing, but learning how to consistently win at it uh, was key. Um, you know, and then well, the personnel part of it, I think you would play with any kids. Um, you know, we were good at it. We were 5'10 and 5'10 up top, and we were a little small on the bottom. But my five in the middle was a brute, and she was tough, and it had an edge to her, and, and, and that was key too because, um, you know, if you're undersized at a point guard and you've got 5'10 on either side of you, it can be kind of miserable if you're not, if you're not good. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause we, we, yeah, we actually play a game tonight, Coach, and I have two freshman guards on top, and I got two of my better athletes on the wings, and I got a six-footer in the middle. Sure. Um, and we're not big. They don't get a lot. That's what I'm worried about. We don't get a lot of – but they're in great shape, and they, they're, they hustle. But they're not big yet. They're going to grow. They're sure. not big, but they're aggressive. Tell us a little bit about – maybe what's ideal for this defense as far as size goes? Well, um, as I look at the basket, you know, if, so I'm standing at midcourt like I was last night with those girls playing in front of me, just, just so you understand the numbering part of it. I mean, one and three are on my left side, two and four are on my right. And, 
and uh, five obviously is in the middle. And uh, again, with us, you know, our, our two biggest kids are up stop uh, on the bottom. And this is, this is a good team. This is a team that's going to, going to win 20 games this year and not lose many and has a chance to go to state, but we're, we're five, seven and five, two on the bottom, hmm. bottom left being five, seven. And, and she's got, we, we, we both know that bottom left, I don't care what kind of zone you're playing. And I hate to call buzz a zone and, and Mike probably would too, because it's, you know, it's not a bump zone as we call it two, three or two, one, two or something like that. But Chloe who plays that spot, you know, any right-handed point guard is going to try to start their offense on that side of the floor. Um, that's where ideally they're going to try to start it on that wing. And, you know, most of the shots, a, a high percentage of them are going to be taken on that side of the floor. So if my bottom left kid is getting torn up down there, we're in a world of hurt because a lot of rebounds are going right there. Sure. But those two, those do, those two do a pretty good job because I need some length up top, you know, because two quick passes, we're in trouble. But if those passes take time to either wing due to the length I have at top, our whole defense shifts, and then we're in good shape. Yeah, tell the listeners a little bit about, and they may might be a little confused what we're talking about, only because um, we run it. But um, you know, it's a half court trap. I mean, it, it's a pressure. Um, and tell us, kind of describe it for the our listeners, and kind of say how would you teach it to kind of in a clinic setting. Well, I think, you know, the top two girls are, aren't flat to the baseline. So they're playing passing lanes. So they're, they're inverted, for lack of a better word. And then my bottom two girls are, are inverted also with their butts to the corner, not butts to the baseline. And we're playing passing lanes. So that's, that's what we're doing. We're trying mm-hmm. to um, facilitate lobs so we can get tips and, and steals and things like that. And, you know, what's... It's tough for boys to play. I, I don't. We don't see it a lot up here, um, to be honest with you. I think I've seen white one high school. When I'm with Thorpe boys, we'll play it a couple possessions, but it, it, it's tough because uh, boys can boys can look at the wing and pass it to the block, but but still look at the wing and make that that no look pass all the way to the bottom. And and it, it, it's it's a tougher pass than we see. We we, we don't see that pass because my girls are taught you got to read. You're reading eyes and shoulders eyes and shoulders is so important as far as where that ball is going. I mean, I have a good friend who, who his name's Rick Razor. He's the coolest guy in the world. He comes and works with kids and he has a tremendous volleyball background, but back in the day, and he's still in great, great shape. But back in the day when he would do clinics, his little, his little in there, his little, his little, you know, thing to get things started is he would take your volleyball team on one on six and whether it was a boys team, girls team, state level team or whatever. And he never lost. So when you think (laughs) about that, I would ask him, I'd say, Rick, how can you, when they serve, how can't they not just ace you right out of the gym? Eyes and shoulders. He knows where it's going. Sure. It's It's the same with basketball. They'll, they'll let you know. You still gotta be vocal. My bottom left kid has to be vocal because more often than not, she has the whole play in front of her. She's got all four of her teammates in front of her if that ball's on that right side. And she, that, that has to be, you know, it has to be demanded. It has to, you know, it, it has to be really important to you, coach, because once it becomes important to you, um, you know, they'll latch on because it, 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 they have to be engaged. The story I'll tell girls, I say, think about a classroom where you go in and there's, there's they, they don't demand class participation. You can kind of 
lay back and coast for 45 minutes. How much do you learn in that class as opposed to a class that demands it? It's part of your grade that you're engaged for that 45 minutes. And which, which room do you learn more in? It's obviously the one where you, 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 you have to participate orally in that class. And we got to have it on the basketball floor. They're so much more engaged if they're communicating. I mean, I watched, I, I was at a clinic with Krzyzewski. Krzyzewski had a great team. He brought back a better team the next year that underachieved. And he simply said, I did not replace my interior voice, Christian Leitner, and I didn't replace my perimeter voice, Grant Hill. I replaced them with better players. I didn't replace their voice. That's what he said. So that's really important. Yeah, it's- yeah, I, I totally agree. And I actually, uh, I'm thinking about our, you know, our team right now that as you say that my senior leader, who's our loudest player and great leader is on that left side coach. So you, you really helped me out. I, I got her, I got her on the right spot because I was actually thinking about, and, but she's also a great rebounder. Tell me about, tell me about the middle position. Cause I got a big girl and they're getting better at it. Cause we're drilling them pretty good. They got to be positioned between the goal and the ball, right. correct? Yeah, ball. As an interceptor. Right. Because that, if you're playing it correctly, your steal leader at the end of the year will be her. She will, she will lead your team in steals. I tell the girls all the time, I say, right. okay, you guys, when you when you're, have your own kids someday and uh, when you're coaching them, I'll make it really simple for you. You know what good offense is? And they, they now answer it verbatim, of course, but I'll ask them this all the time. What's good offense? And they'll say, attack the middle. And I'll say, what's good defense? Keep sure. it out of the middle. That's, a, that's really as simple as kid. If, I, if I'm facing this or if I face any zone, my best kid was in the middle. I don't care how big or tall she was. That's where my best kid is at. We ran it through there. You know, what will give you trouble in this defense? Um, uh, kids with high IQs. Kids that sit in soft spots, kids that don't, let's say, let's mm-hmm. say they position themselves at the elbow on the right-hand side for offense, and the ball goes down to the wing or the, to the baseline. They won't run right to that block. They may stop mid-post. Um, as they travel from baseline corner to baseline corner, we love the kid that, that sprints from point A to point B. I hate the kid that lollygags through that whole area because they'll sit in soft right. spots. It's just like a zone in football, same thing. How do you beat it? You can't run quick, quick, quick point A's to point B. You sit in soft spots. The boys that played us last night, you know, they're they're pretty easy because they'd come down and, and one would post up high and one would post up low. And I'd say, all right, guys, I'm going to see how these girls react because they'll hate this. I want you to start behind them, almost out of bounds. And and then they would flash to different areas. and And that's a problem too, but most teams won't do it. But starting behind this room yeah. is, is something you're going to want your kids to do when they face it because it's, it's it, you know, short corners, obviously. Area. What, what we're doing, so if they go short on either side, we're, so three and four are the bottom, um, three on the left side, four, you know, your, your kid is, would be three in my, is how we played it. We're going to trap that with three. Right. We're going to trap that with three and five or three and four. I don't want that person sitting there with the ball above their head just looking across everything and making sharp passes out of there. So we just trapped the living daylights out of that, and, and, and that seems to really help. We want that. Yeah, that's a great point, Coach. Yeah, yeah. That, um, pass going out. Because kids will be taught when it gets there, they're going to cut to the hoop, and they're going to cut in front sure. of the kids and get layups. 
So we want that out of there. But that'll be a that that's a that's a fire drill right there. That's you know, even if it gets to the high post, your two bottom kids got to get to the block, and we want that pass going yes. out to the wings. We want it going out to the wings, and just that, that's, that's great because. Yeah, that's what we worked on. Matter of fact, we 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 work on that every day because, um, you know, the high post is that danger area, man. If you they have a good high post player, but you're right, we really a term that I love, coach, and Mike Develbus really taught it to me was sprint and stop. Sure. And we really work on that. Uh, what do you think about that? Right. You know, I mean, um, there's certainly an art to it. You know, I we we got a kid that's athletic as all get out. Our Mercedes, her name is, and. Uh, <clears throat> she should get to more balls, but she's chopping her steps before she gets there. And we, we, we got to get her right. to feel free to, 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 to get to that spot, but she, she's chopping a little bit. So on those skips, what you want three and four to do is rush hard at the ball and then, and then kind of curl out once their teammate, whether it's one or two come over there and, and, and kind of trap that ball. But there's little nuances to it. You know, if the balls, let's say we're talking about your girl, um, on the bottom left and the ball's on the right wing, you know, ideally we want to kind of straddle that lane, at least to start out with, because she's got to help mm-hmm. put some lobs to the block and she's got to get that skip. Anytime we got two people on the ball, there's somebody on your team that's got two people. Um, sure. And if the ball's in the right wing, your bottom girl that you just talked about is, is, is she's got some help on that low post, a lob or something like that, but she's got to get to that skip. And just how she positions her feet, you know, if she's, if she, her back is to that person that might get the ball skipped to, the first thing she's got to do is drop that leg and run to that spot. But if she's a little bit flatter, she doesn't have to drop that leg and she can get there faster. So, you know, you're really splitting hairs here, but little things like that are a difference between a clean three and a contested three or a tip three or a tip pass for that matter. You know, little things like when yeah. a girl sprints to a spot, yeah. if their hands are really high, what's the first thing they do when they run to that spot? Lower their hands and run. With their lower hands their are, hands, yeah. If their yeah. hands are a little bit lower, they'll run right to the spot. Show the girls tonight, you start on the baseline, you yourself, and have a girl with her arms in the air and say, we're just going to race to the top of the key or something like that. But you're more of a sprinter stance with your arms a little bit lower. And her arms will have to lower and she'll have to get her feet set before she takes off and you'll beat her every time. Even though she's probably faster than you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody's faster than me now, coach. (laughs) I watched Wojo the the Marquette coach, do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Wojo. Yeah. Wojo did the same thing. He he showed that. Because we had a lot of those guys up here because there was a lot of boys' talent here. So it was, a, it was never ending with, with a lot of big shots up here. And that's where I saw Mike at one of those clinics when he was yeah. there bullet and, and, and Wojo was there because he was after uh, Henry Ellenson, who ended up going to Marquette for one year. And then, you know, he's still in the NBA right now, actually. Sure, sure. Those are the little details, man. I'm really going to look for that today and so forth. I think it's that's what separates coaches. It's just the little details, correct? Yeah. Um, and yeah. give me, give me now for tonight, because we've a, I've actually adjusted my system. We were more of a one-two-two ball press, sure. and we adjusted to this based on talking to Mike. And I, I'm not afraid of making changes, by the way. Sure. Um, and our girls love. We we go basically what we do. We have three three areas. We go. Um, kind of our flat, uh, kind of our, our normal two, three, 
we go our, our buzz, which I call 24. Then we go 25, which we call our hot full court two, two, one. So, but I feel like our girls is to me, our girls love that defense better than the one, two, two is hard to play. Sure. Uh, particularly with, with big girls on the perimeter. Right. Um, tell me what I should look for today. Give me some adjustments. Give me some game time adjustments. I should keep my eyes on tonight. Well, um, if, if, you know, if they're passing the, if they're passing the ball straight, you know, with some zip on it, where they're stringing one or two of those things together, that's, that's a problem. There's no question. Okay. Um, if they keep getting it, you know, in, into the middle, you're, you're five. You know, I mean, I, one year we were super at it. Sierra Rogi was her name and she was, it, it's hand to hand combat in there. It is, it is, it's not a picnic, you know, especially if someone's posting up high, you got kids that'll post up and then you got kids that anchor. And there's a big difference between posting up and anchoring. And, and some kids will just stand at the high post with their hands in the air. And guess what? They're easy to guard because I can kind of, I can, I can kind of guard her, but I can, I'm loose enough that I can get other places. Now that kid anchors in an athletic stance, I got to play her tighter. Now I just lost six inches on a skip that I got to cover on the other side, just because of how she pulls up. You know, right. you obviously know the personnel of some of these other teams. There might, you, you might want to, let's say they got an elite shooter, but, you know, behind the arc shooter, but her range is at the arc. She can't extend you to 23 feet or 24 feet or something like that. You may just trap her hard every time and, mm -hmm. and, and make her give it up. Um, there are certain, we will trap hard certain areas. Let's say the bottom right, we're going to trap with, with my, um, with my four and five. Every time it comes down to that baseline, we're going to trap it really high. And guess what teams will do? They'll quit going there. They'll, they'll quit going to that spot. That's a good so point. take that part of the floor yes. away. And as you scout. Yeah, but it has to be trapped hard. It has to be trapped though hard, absolutely. though, correct? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, it can't be a soft it, trap. Yeah, right. we call it kind of umbrelling. So if we're going to trap hard, you know, we're really going to commit. So now we got two girls on the ball. And we're going to take her three options away, which is usually a pass to her right, a pass to her left, and a pass to the middle. And we're leaving, we're leaving the backside wide open. And you can do that in the half court, too. Think about a girl coming down that's really not ready, and you attack her with the one and the two. Okay, you just attack the living daylights out of her once she gets across half court. You overplay the wing, overplay the wing, deny middle, and you can get a turnover. She's not ready for it. Otherwise, she's got to make a pass from just over half court to the bottom block for a layup. I don't think she can do it. No, most girls can't. A lot of teams. We're we're a we're a small single A school, but we're pretty good though. Sure. But we play. We don't play a lot of teams that are deep, and we don't play a lot of teams that have really great guards. They might have one or two shooters. Sure. Uh, so we're really we love to. But I tell you, I love the half court trap because every coach likes to set up his or her offense. And it really takes them out of a normal rhythm right. offense. Right, right. And you can extend it. You can go almost a two-two-one, two-thirds, you know, three-quarters court out of it, and settle, sure, settle sure. right back into buzz. Trap, trap on the sides. Once they cross half court, your other guard up top is going to take that elbow, and you know, it. it it's all about really different looks, you know. Um, and and you know that point guard is is. You know, I've seen so many different things as far as trying to beat it. You know, screening on the ball doesn't help at all. We'll just go underneath and, you know, we, we, we had a team so frustrated. They'd come up on our top two girls, our one and two, and try to set picks on either side. 
So I have, you know, three, three of <laughs> yeah. their players 30 feet from the hoop, you know, trying to just bust her free. And we just go underneath it. It's really simple. You know, so the screens right, right. really aren't that effective. Um, you know, a tall point guard, 5'10 or taller, that can see over the top of everything and put some zip on some stuff. Yeah, she's sure. going to be a problem. Uh, someone that pulls up really tough up top is, you know, that anchors as a, you know, I, I like the term anchor as opposed to post up, um, savvy kids on the baseline, high IQs, um, right. going to be kind of an issue. Um, but you know, being pro, I love that. I love it because it's proactive. You know, I don't like to be reactive per se. We're, we're playing downhill. We're trying to extend you out to the sidelines. Um, that's fine if they want to throw it around, but a lot of times they're only getting those passes and the two wings and the point guard are 30 feet from the hoop. You know, they're, they're, and, 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 you know, your, your scouting will be a, uh, a factor too, in terms of how hard you guard certain kids. I mean, I've watched teams. I watched a really, really good boys team last year and, and they're a bit unconventional and they went to state. They're very good. Um, and, I watched them more than once a couple times when we scout them. There'll be times where they just won't guard a guy, period, because he can't score. Sure. I mean, that's a, a little bit extreme, but you, you, you will face somebody that, you know, can't throw it in the ocean behind the arc, and that's difficult. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we face a lot of kids like that because uh, most, most teams at our level don't have – they don't have five good players. The one advantage we have – we have five girls that can score. We're kind of rare sure. in that sense on that. So I, I shouldn't say that too much because I don't want the word to get out. But, um, hey, I, I want to kind of change avenues here just a little bit. I only have a couple more questions for you because okay. I know you're busy. I love your stuff on youth sports. Sure. And this is a big emphasis. I really want to start talking to the people about this because I see it right here in front of me. I, I teach K-5. I coach everybody, all levels. And I see some things that really bother me, but I want to talk about one article you wrote on focus on things. Kids should focus on things that they have control of. Why is this so important? Well, um, you know, I had this discussion with these Arcadia girls not too long ago. Um, you know, obviously effort and your, your effort and attitude are the two things you control. That's a Tim Tebow statement. It, it, it just resonates across the board. Um, can't control what the refs are going to do or other parents or even your coach to a certain degree, you know? Um, but, you know, I think, I think with this group of girls, at least that we got now, I showed them a picture of uh, a Fall Creek team that graduated a year after me and they won state, both boys and girls. And there's a big picture of this whole crew. And of course they graduated just one year away from me. So I know most of these, most of them, but you know, I asked the girls, I said, do you know who the starters were? And I'm asking these rhetorically to these girls because I know the answer, obviously. Um, I'm asking them, do you guys know who the starters were on this, this team? You know, this is 1984. These girls weren't even born, for goodness sakes. Um, who the captains, who the stars were, who was all conference, who scored, you know, all, all these sort of specific sort of things. And, of course, they couldn't. And I couldn't either um, because at the end of the day, they're going to remember that group. And they're going to remember this group this year, this 2019 through 2020 group. So if, you're, if your basis for playing is based on conditions, the story I will say is, okay, I'm happy playing basketball for, for Coach Kevin if I start. 
if I play off guard, if I get to shoot a lot, if I'm all conference, if, if I get number 23, I want number 23, that number, I don't want any other. Though all those sort of conditions, um, I will tell them, I will say, well, that would be very similar to me, myself, telling you that I love my wife when she cooks or cleans or does mm -hmm. things like that, where I set a bunch of conditions on my happiness surrounding my marriage. So we, we try to get away from that stuff. You know, they will remember this team, whether you're number the number, see girls really know where they stand. And I don't care if they're from Georgia or, or, or Wisconsin or whatever. I've always told people, I said, I can walk into a, I could walk into your practice, not know one single girl there and pull her over and say, where do you rank amongst these 20 girls? And she's going to tell me I'm, I'm number six. And who, who's in front of you? And she'll know the five girls that are better than her. And if I pull you aside yeah. and I say, where's Sally rank amongst this group? You'll say number six. You guys will be in agreement. All boys think they're, they're number one. They're, they're all LeBron James, every single one of them. Right. I don't care who they are. And that's just the gender, which is awesome. I like the fact they're so different. But um, I don't know if I got off track with that as far as kids. Kids will, kids will pick up what's important to you, and you, and you just have to be careful. They're, they're smart. I mean, even the, dog, the two dogs that I have in my house, are, they, they pick up on your vibe, and kids are smarter. Right. So if, if, if starting or, or shooting a lot or, or, or all those sort of things are either talked about or they'll overhear conversations, then it becomes important to them, too important. You know, it's a tough sport. I tell people all the time. I say, I remember I used to ask my daughter, I say, Lydia, what's your favorite sport? She say volleyball. And I say, why do you like volleyball? And she says, it's easy. And I say, you're right. Because in volleyball, you can take one of your players. I'm sure you have one on your team that plays volleyball. And I would tell her, I would say, you know, in volleyball, and I'm not picking on the sport. My daughter played it at a very high level. <laughs> She's really good. Um, but in volleyball, yeah. guess what? I can coach her. I can play her on game night. And through a savvy bunch of maneuvers as far as how I sub and how I play her, because, you know, if she can't serve, she won't. And if she can't set, she won't. And if she's not tall enough to play in the front row, she won't play the front row. And if she can't dig, she won't right. play the back row. If she can't swing, we won't set to her. So, but I can play her out there. No one will know that she's a little bit over her head. If you play that same girl tonight that's limited in a lot of areas as far as her basketball skills, the entire gym will know in 15 seconds. That she's exactly. You can't hide, right, Coach? Not you can't hide. No way. <laughs> you know, hope she can rebound and defend, but, you know, all right. of a sudden you get pressed, and all of a sudden you're getting pressed five on four because she can't handle the ball, she's liability, whatever it may be. Um, softball's the same thing. You know, we can put you in right field. Yeah. I had a friend that was a softball coach and he got a girl all conference. And I said, man, how'd you get her all conference? She never had an ear all year. And I said, really? That's pretty remarkable. And he goes, you know how many balls are hit the left field? Two. Because they had a pitcher that was fast as daylights and all they did was pitch the outside of the plate. <laughs> no one could pull the ball. Right. You know, so basketball is so highly skilled. You scout, you film. I play your team. I'm going to try to take away all your strengths. If your girl can't dribble with her left hand, we're going to force her over here. If we can't right. shoot, we're going to let all that sort of stuff is, is to make those kids fail. That's why I admire them so, so much that they, 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 they play this sport that that's ripe with injury. You know, I'll tell them, I say, you know, the trombone player in the band, he turned his ACL this year. I bet 
one of you guys might, but he's not, you know? Sure. So, um, but you know, they play and they're all bumped and bruises and, and sweaty and, and, and you can fail. Even if you shoot well, you miss six out of 10, you know? And, and, uh, so I admire the, the, the daylights out of those kids to compete like that and, and play that sport. Cause it's tough. I said, no one's, yeah. no one's coming out their junior year at Arcadia and saying, you know what? I think I'm going to try basketball this year. No exactly. Way. There's yeah. no way it's happening. Yeah. You're so far behind already. That <clears> it's <throat> laughable. You might be able to try those other sports and, and come out your junior year and still be able to do okay. Uh, again, I'm not picking on those two. They're just different. That's all. Basketball is the, you're right. There's so many skills involved. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of extra work and so forth by kids to develop. Kids can't have roles, but I want to tell you about my, um, I have eight players. All could be starters. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's good and bad. But what we do is our mantra is, um, is I copied this and so forth This row the boat. Sure. And we talk consistently about everybody has to – yeah, PJ. I love PJ. Okay. Um, we bring the oar and everything the games coach. Well, I'm a little crazy. Um, but uh, the girls really believe in that. And I have three seniors that are coming off the bench. And that's a sales job right there, my friend. Sure. Um, but they – but like you said, they understand their role. It's amazing where if I had three senior boys, I don't think that would happen. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little tougher with, with, with those guys. Um, I always, you know, there's such a big difference between both genders. One of my favorite things is to watch film. Okay. You're going to watch film with your girls tonight and after tonight's game and you're going to watch it tomorrow or something. And you may make a statement like our defensive pressure on the ball tonight or last night was, was horrific in their minds. Every one of those girls thinks you're talking to her. Exactly. No, no one's specific. Yeah. Yeah. But all those girls, you say it to a boys group, you say, you say it to boys, that same statement. And there'll be a boy and I may, I may point at someone out and a boy will think I was the only guy doing my job. And the rest of you donkeys were the ones that were, that weren't, you know, carrying the load, you know? So it's so, it's so funny between the two of them. And you can literally show them right on the film where his, his on the ball pressure is terrible. And he still might not believe you. But girls take right. it a lot differently. Words are so important in terms of your body language. I had to be cognizant of my body language on the sidelines. If I look defeated, if I look angry, if I look disappointed, any of those sort of things, my girls took it too hard. You know what I mean? You got to be really conscious that um, they, they pick up on that. They pick up on that. And that's something I, I, yeah. I, I was very conscious of that. You know, that's why I didn't argue with officials and things like that. I, I didn't want my girls distracted, especially if they talk about it or say certain things, you know, it, that it's nothing we can fix. It, it, you know, whether it's refing or what the other team did or, you know, something like that, you know, um, poor sports on the other team maybe or something like that. That it, it, this just Those are just distractions. You know, you think about it. My, my, my daughter would play very well. You know, she, she was a freshman and, and, and started in those three, and, and basketball is really tough. And I had a guy come up to me. He said, gee, Scott, you know, what do you, what do you tell Lynn um, before the game? You know, and I said, well, you know, and I'm sure he was looking for something really earth-shattering, you know, where we're breaking it down, and I want her to finish on two hands. I want her to work both sides of the floor, stay in front of, you know, all these specific things. 
And I said, I'll show you the text. And I send her every night. And it's, I love you. And I like watching you play. I love watching you play, you know, and, and that's, that, that's all she needs. You know, she's 14, you know, and, and to fill her head up with, a, and granted, there are some girls out there that are ready for that sort of X's and all stuff, I'm sure, but they're very, very rare. Yeah. Um, so filling her head up with a bunch of other stuff. She's thinking about schoolwork. She's thinking about boys that are asking her home, any number of things. And to fill her head up any further with a bunch of uh, basketball specifics. Um, the greatest compliment I ever got was at an AU tournament. I was sitting next to a coach that was watching Lid play. And she came across half court and, and proceeded to make three mistakes that about just, you know, drove me bananas, culminating on an error out of bounds. And the coach tapped me on the leg because I was right underneath the hoop. And he says, you know what I like, what I saw there? And I thought, man, what possibly, because he knew it was my daughter. I said, what possibly could you have saw that was, that was uh, nice to see? And he said, she never looked at you once. <laughs> and I thought, that's a great point. Because that's me releasing her to the game. If she's looking for me for instructions, what am I yelling? Dribble better. You know, or, or whatever in the course of the game. So I haven't released her if she's looking at me. So if she's not, she's okay. She's fine. I can go. So that, that's a great, yeah, that's a great story right there. I mean, that's, and I, I want to add to that. Cause I, my last question is this, can I add to that? Um, what you're saying? I love that because I have to deal with that <laughs> a lot uh, sure. here. And I, I just want to give you a story and I just want to finish out with this. Uh, Cause I know you have to go. Um, I had a situation. I, I, I coach all my teams from middle school all the way up. Okay. So I have no life pretty much. Oh, um, uh, but I don't coach them in the games. I have another coach that does that, but I'm in the stands and I'm sitting there next to a dad and, and um, I'm loving, we have kids, we play 20 kids. Okay. You got to see, we play kids five in five out one minute, two minutes. I mean, we just, we play all the kids. Sure. And some, most of them have no skill, sure. but they try so hard. The girls are standing up, the, the teamwork, the sport, the love for the game, the smiles on the kids' faces is a joy for me. And that's what I tell them after every game. I love watching you play. But I was listening to this dad and he was yelling at her from the, the, from the sideline going, oh, you got don't pick up your dribble. You know, the typical parent, don't pick up your dribble. All this kind of stuff, negative stuff. It's like, it's a middle school game. He hasn't released Let the kids just learn the game, right? Tell, tell me about that, Scott, because that's a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah. I used to tell people, we'd go to AU tournaments, and I said, give, at, at, a, at a pretty high level, and I said, give me five minutes, and I'll find the starter's parents of all five in five minutes. <laughs> I'll find everyone. Sure. Guaranteed. I like the parent that's got one kid in one hand and he's got another one coloring and he's just trying. And, and you know what? The, the, the looseness and the nonchalantness or whatever resonates with that child on the floor and she plays with freedom more often than not. You know, girls are about relationships. That's a big thing that we forget sometimes. It's about relationships with them, relationships with their teammates, relationships with coaches, whatever it may be, other kids. But it's really about that. My daughter's proudest moments are at state championship games or all conference plaques and stuff. And she she's completely unaware of that stuff, but it's about about a lot of relationships that she built. That's that's we think you know notorious. We used to say about me, the mom and dad. Mom, for you when she come, when that daughter comes in as a freshman, you know what she's going to want. 
She's going to want no tears, no disappointments, no, no hurt feelings, <laughs> probably no injuries for the next four years. Dad, more often than not, is going to want to take credit for how good she is, more often than not. Um, and we know that, that basketball is, is there, there's a lot of that's going to happen. And all those are teaching, right. teaching moments. What are you going to teach? When one of your better players tonight gets a technical from Althanoff the ref, and throw you in that situation, and what they're going to watch, other players going to watch, and what, what are you going to teach in that moment? You know, or a, a player gets in one of your other players' face and yells at her for not passing the ball, or you know things like that. Sure. Those are teaching. Well, it's a giant classroom. And if you choose to ignore, you choose not to. Whatever, that's what you taught. You know. And those are tough. Those are confrontation. You can go to practice tonight. I mean, you have a game. So you, you can go, you can have a practice tomorrow night and feel like you accomplished a lot, got a lot done. Did you push him? Did you confront a kid that was half-assing it? Because it's like parenting, you know, if you don't run into that, because parenting is, is a lifetime of confrontations to a certain degree. And if you choose sure. to ignore him, you're going to probably have a kid that's not a, you know, responsible adult let's say so practices like that i used to tell my girls there were certain drills they hated oh we we ran this floyd drill tim floyd one of my favorite guys when he was at iowa state and and they hated that drill and i used to be like i'm glad to know that because i then we will run it even more often because you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta push through those confrontations otherwise they'll 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 settle into to, to an easy practice or uh, being com right. uh, complacent practice, but practice or parenting aren't a whole lot different in terms of pushing, pushing, you know what I mean? Out of that comfort zone, you know, it's not easy. It's easy to just, it's like telling your kid he's out watching TV and he's got his plate there and whatever he ate there. And you tell him, could you just pick that up and bring it into the sink? And then you tell him again, and then maybe one more time. And then one time as you're passing through that area, you just pick it up because it's right there. And you put it in the sink yourself. You lost that battle. Right, right. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's great wisdom, Coach. Because uh, you're coming from both perspectives there, parents and, and coaching. Um, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate it. There's so much more I want to ask you. I want to do another podcast, maybe uh, part two if I can with you, because I really have a lot of questions for you. But I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. You got a lot of wisdom. Um, thank you for kind of sharpening my mind on the buzz. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And um, if you could send me some video on Arcadia Girls, sure. I can actually show that to my girls so we can kind of compare notes. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Huddle. So if you have Huddle, yeah. um, you can send me a Huddle. That would be awesome, Coach. Yeah, I will talk I will talk to Coach Colley because I get it right away. So literally that game is over. And then I'm, I'm, and I'm just watching the defense. What he does offensively is, is, is kind of his thing, you know. Um, yeah. You know, again – the emphasis thing, I guess I could, I could talk all day long, but I, I, I'm really hammering these girls that they're not good on the boards offensively. And, and there's not a right. drill for it per se. If it becomes really, really important to you, it'll become important to them. Last year on the boys' side, we would get, we would get two or four a game, which would result in maybe two or four points potentially. And we needed to be better there. 
We needed to be we it put too much stress on our half court offense that we weren't getting eight to ten on often on the offensive class. So it just became a point within our practice that we needed to get better there. We need to pursue those sort of things. And the next thing you know, we're getting eight or nine or ten, which is which is doubling our offense. And of course, a parent's going to say, you know, what what drill did you, was there a particular drill that you guys did in practice to get better on the offensive glass? Absolutely not. It just became important to us. Once it became important to us as a staff, they picked up on it. That's all it is. But you got to look at those other places. Break down how, how you score tonight. You know, you want to score on dead balls. You want to score on runouts out of buzz. You want to score in transition. You want to score on offensive rebounds. Because if 60% of your offense is coming in the half court, that's too much. should be like 20. There's so many other areas you got to, you know, Good out of bounds plays are really key. If you can get four or six points there, man, that sure is nice. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. We actually, we actually, well, we really work. I don't like to have too many, but we really worked on the speed and execution of our cuts, right. which I think out of bounds kids get lazy, don't you think? Right, right. And just the timing. I mean, we just ran one set last night, but there's, you know, there's five or six options out of it, and and, and just. Uh, you know, I try to tell the she the girl out of bounds is so key and how she sells different things. You know, she's got to be kind of savvy sure. there. You know, it's such an yeah, important yeah. spot. And and you know where she looks to start because a lot of times they'll look right where right where the action's at. You know, and and, and just right slapping the ball. You know, and I I get the slapping the ball. You're you're letting your teammates know it, it's in bounds. You also let the defense know too. Just so you know, you let everybody know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Coach, thank you so much for sharing, man. Great wisdom. I, I know you can talk all day. You're, you're, uh, you're a man of the game, man. I appreciate you uh, sharing with us and I'll, I'll send the podcast and everything. It'll be out on social media. How can every, how can uh, our listeners or coaches who are quite a few, how can they get a hold of you if they want to contact you? I, you know, I think, you know, if my email is somehow connected to this and it's pretty simple, it's just Scott.percentage yes. email. I, I, I'd love to hear from anybody and anybody. At some point, I will That'd have a book, great. and I'm working on it now. It'll be free when I go in and speak, because I think I got a lot to talk about, especially to, to parents of an eighth grader that's just entering athletics. You know, it wasn't cake and balloons and ice cream with my daughter those those four years. It, it, it wasn't, and I think if you're willing as a parent to embrace that thought, it's a lot easier. But there's a lot of great stuff in terms of teaching moments that, that, that can really, really help her moving forward. It's competition. I tell the girls, you're going to compete for a job. You're going to compete to get into college. You're going to compete for sure. a raise, a promotion. And guess what? If you go to the University of Georgia and you're sitting in that front row and you look across and there's a boy over there that's really, really cute, guess what? There's four other girls that think he's cute too. So you, uh, so you, better bring your a game. Uh, you better bring your A game if that's a guy you're going to chase down because everyone else thinks he's so right. competition and just being in that mode competing, you know, that's, what's great about athletics. That's awesome. Coach, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you coming on and I, I wish you the best. Stay, uh, please stay in touch. And I would love to get some video and let's, uh, and when your book comes out, man, I really want to promote it. Cause I know it's going to be great. Thank, thank you, you so much, Scott. Thank you, coach. Uh, bye-bye. All right. Take care. Coaches, let's welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. Today, 
episode 103 with Coach Scott Brissett. Scott Brissett's family has been around athletics his entire life. His dad was an AD and principal for 25 years. He presided over 12 state championships and is in the Hall of Fame for football. His wife and himself and both brothers played in state championships. The first basketball camp he went to as a 12-year-old was coached by Dick Bennett at the time, head boys coach at EU Claire Memorial High School. In his early 20s, he coached freshman girls in the Cloverbelt Conference at Fall Creek High School. He also scouted for Hall of Fame coach Arnie Skucrud as they won multiple state titles. He went to college at UWU Claire, where he watched some of the best D3 college basketball coached by Dick Bennett, Ken Anderson, and Bo Ryan. He next was at Bloomer High School, heart of the North Conference, where he coached lower levels. He left there and went to Chippewa Falls, Big Rivers, where Coach Jeff Olson and I rebuilt, excuse me, and him rebuilt the program and started their youth program called the Cardinal Flight. They are currently the dominant D1 program in his area now. He went back to Bloomer and coached both his lower daughter's lower level teams, then the head varsity jobs in girls golf, boys golf, and girls basketball. He started their youth program called Momentum Basketball when he was there. In his last four years, his daughter played three sports at the varsity level, and he wanted to watch and not miss anything. He is currently spending time with two teams he coached both this summer, the Arcadia Girls Cooley Conference and Thorpe Boys, the Western Cloverbelt. Like most coaches in the state, especially those on and around his age, he's heavily influenced by Dick Bennett and Bo Ryan. Coach Mike DeVelvis has linked by a passion for basketball and a love for the buzz defense. He is currently working on a parent handbook surrounding athletics. His plan is to speak to parents starting next fall. His book will be much based on his experience as a coach, but also plenty on his path as a parent. Coaches, uh, I'm so interested uh, in speaking with Scott Brissett. First of all, I'm doing a series on the Buzz defense, Buzz 2-3 zone created by Mike DeVilvis. And I'm going to be talking to a bunch of coaches that run the defense. I absolutely love the defense. It's one of our secondary presses we use, and it's so effective. What I'm finding is the half-court press is really effective, probably more than the full court. So I'm going to really pick his brain on how to teach it, how to run it. And I think you're really going to enjoy a lot of the concepts. He's going to talk about how to teach your kid in youth sports, and he's going to really offer just some great insight into becoming a better basketball coach. Let's welcome Coach Scott Berseth. But now it's your 